I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Ananian. So I assume you're able to put this battery in with no complications. Replacing the battery in this car was uh, was quite interesting. I found about two dollars of nickels and dimes in the back of the car because it's there by the spare tire. Surprise! 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 The car doctor. Why did you replace the engine? What failed in the old one, or how did the old one fail? Uh, according to the mechanic, it uh, it just blew blew up. Holy! Welcome to the radio home of Ron Ananian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. So, smoke is the topic of the hour today, listeners, and... um, we're talking about smoke, like diagnosing, using smoke to diagnose, and uh, some of the problems that we have with evaporative emission systems and, and beyond. And once again, we're joined by Chuck Kincaid of Redline Detection, and um, we're going to talk to Chuck a little bit about, well, I want to talk to him about the Dodge Ram that you guys heard me talking about the past couple of weeks, but I'm sure he's got some new things to tell us as well. Chuck, welcome back to The Car Doctor. We're glad to have you. Hey, Ron. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's Redline Detection or Redline Diagnostics. I always get it mixed up. Well, we, we make diagnostic product, but it's Redline Detection. Right. And, um, and, and, and leak detection. And the, and the website is Redline? RedlineDetection.com. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. You'll, you'll correct me about seven times today with that. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> okay. so, so full disclosure, listeners, Chuck and I have been talking back and forth about the Ram pickup truck that um, you couldn't put gas in, and we kind of came up with some troubleshooting procedures. And, uh, you know, I was, I was explaining to Chuck before the show today that, in order to, you know, check the fuel filler neck, we came up with a way to use a smoke machine to check the fuel filler neck to verify because this is a capless system, and uh, we're just developing some test procedures. And, um, it, you know, it's it, it, is, is testing a capless fuel filler neck part of any manufacturer's diagnosis using smoke yet? Do you know, Chuck? 
Yes, and um, actually several that that use these in their programs. And um, so, that, I mean, it, it's a fairly straightforward test. I mean, you uh, you basically pressurize the um, the EVAP system with the vapor, and uh, that you know basically fills the tank. And then you can um, open the filler neck to check for the seal on that. And it works with gas caps as well. You can you'll actually can see the visual vapor come out. Right. Um, if you don't have a good seal. Right. So yeah, and it's yeah. These vent valves are common now. Uh, the uh, not vent valves, but the uh, those fuel fill caps uh, are becoming more and more common. The, now. the, the capless necks. Has capless, the, yeah. Yeah. Has the standard by which we test smoke? You know, it used to be a forty thousand sleek, a twenty thousand sleek. Have they tightened up that specification uh, against certain manufacturers? Is that still the standard? Um, that's really the standard still. So it's it's a twenty thousandth leak is really the pass fail criteria. Um, even if you look, and there was a report that was done in EVAP. This was years ago, I think, even like in the early two thousands or uh, somewhere around that time frame, anyway. And um, you know the the EPA had tested uh, a bunch of different vehicles, different models across manufacturers, and it's you know it's twenty thousandths. Even some of the uh, higher specifications when they did the test, actually the computer registered at 20,000. So um, it seems like that's kind of the ongoing standard. I have heard of some vehicles that use uh, 10,000s um, as a pass-fail criteria, but I'm, you know, I'm not sure if, the, you know, that's where the computers are set to or not, you know, but, um, but, just based on some other evidence. But EVAP systems themselves haven't changed too much. I mean, they're, they're, still, a, they're still a vent valve, they're still a purge valve, they're still a canister, they're still a fuel tank. Um, maybe we yeah. don't have a gas cap anymore. So it's if you understand one, you understand quite a few of them, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, th- there are a lot of different variations in the systems, and you know, and you also have to remember that um, you know more than fifty percent of cars sold this year were, were turbocharged, right? And in those systems, there are additional components, um, you know, venturis and things that uh, where you can purge. Um, you know, while you're in boost pressure, right? And and to go to that, let's segue into that, right? Um, you know, we we have talked about this that uh, you know using smoke under pressure to test turbo systems in the ducts, and that's becoming a big deal now because so many cars are turbocharged. Yeah, it's it's becoming a bigger and bigger deal, and um, even at the uh, you know, I'd say at the dealer level, at the OE level, um, you know, it continues to be a big deal. Um, you know, the, you know, to replace a turbocharger or you know a set of turbochargers is expensive. Um, you know, in the in the data that we have, um, it's rarely a turbocharger issue if you have a drivability issue that leads you towards the turbocharger. It's it's almost never the turbocharger. It's always some other component, of clamp leaking. I walk into I remember the. I walked into this uh, dealer. They had a. Uh, I can't tell you who, but uh, they had a turbo uh, vehicle in there, and they had a drivability issue. And it was a month, and they still. I mean, they. You know, the uh, the owner of the car was driving the. You know, a rental. I mean, the whole nine yards and stuff, and they couldn't figure out the problem. And um, you know, they it was a it was a clamp. It was actually the wrong clamp for for that location that was leaking. It was, the clamp was tight, but it was the wrong clamp, and that was actually leaking, and that solved the problem. And you solved it in like ten minutes. And you picked it up with smoke. Yes. All right. Yeah. And 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 to that point, Redline 
is one of the few. I don't know of anybody else that creates a pressure using a smoke machine the way you guys do. Um, yeah. That that you yeah. Know, there that, are a few others. I mean, we you know we 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 do work with OEs on you know dialing in. You know, we don't use too much pressure. We like we have a lot of flow, um, and that's important to find a lot of these leaks. So you know, um, but there there are other um, units out there, but. You know, like we, you know, we work directly with OEs to, you know, develop these tools. Um, you know, uh, we do a lot of continuous improvement on the designs, um, especially internal to the designs for right. livability. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen some of the slides that I'm not supposed to see that you sort of you know, that, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say who they were, but uh, you know, trust me, guys, Chuck, 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 and the folks at Redline are really working cutting edge with the manufacturers to help speed up diagnostics or even just to help complete diagnostics at dealer level and independent repair shop level. You know, the last time we talked, there was a big deal. We were talking about um, uh, EV batteries and the, the micro fissure leak detection. How's, yeah. that, how's that taken on? Not, not to switch gears here, but just has that gone anywhere? Is that taking off in the marketplace? Yeah, it, uh, fantastically. So, um, so that you know, what we're finding is you know the, the automated part of the tests are really you know proved to be helpful here. So you know, in the equipment that we make, uh, you know, it's it's completely automated, um, and you know we're basically testing for leaks. So we're testing for leaks in the cooling systems. So the the coolant loop in the battery. So if you take a battery as as one of the components we test um, the most. Uh, we, you know, we do high pressure cooling testing and that's automated and uh, computerized. And we do the, um, uh, enclosure test as well, which is a different, uh, level pressure. Um, so, you know, those, those are becoming important, you know, as we move forward, it's also becoming important to other industries. There's a lot of attention, um, in the insurance industry, uh, around this as well, and you know, liability for you know having leaking batteries. Are the um, are the insurance companies accepting of EV battery fissure, you know, micro fissure testing? Are they are they allowing it? Yes. Yeah, so um, you know, at, at a dealer level, it's um, you know, it, it's it depends on whether you know, it always comes down to you know what's recommended and what's required, right? And um, uh, there are OEs that recommend it and some OEs that require it, and it really just depends, and it's situational as well. Right. Um, right. So, you know, um, you know, if if you're, um, we we work with a company in the UK. If it, you know, for their vehicles, if there's a, you know, a 10 centimeter scratch on the bottom of the battery, it's you know mandatory leak testing. Right. Um, uh, you know, if, you, if you've got a, an adventure vehicle uh, or you make the EV adventure vehicles, for example, right? And, uh, you know, you, you need to be able to ford, you know, three feet of water in some cases. Well, the battery is literally underwater at that point. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, so, you know, knowing that you have a sealed enclosure becomes even more important, right? Well, but just basically for any vehicle and, um, you know, ensuring that you have that sealed, in, um, even in heavy-duty trucking, um, there's a lot of interest in this. Uh, it, the coolant loops, there's, there, there's been some instances in medium-duty trucks. I'm not sure if we talked about this before or if it was on air, but uh, in, um, you know, coolant leaking, you know, inside the batteries and that type of thing, um, you know, causes for a bad day. So, you know, we perform a lot of that, 
you know, that testing. You know, I don't think we talked about that. I'll tell you what, sit tight. Let me pull over, take a pause. When we come back, let's do a little bit of a deeper dive into that so the listeners get some understanding of that. And I want to ask you a little bit. Well, uh, let, me, let, me, let me pull over, take the pause. When we come back, i got a couple of things I want to go over with you. I'm Ron Anany in The Car Doctor. I'm here with Chuck Kincaid of Redline, and we'll both return right after this. Don't go away. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. it on the wall so you don't forget to call for car advice done right 855-560-9900 now back to ron and we're back listeners we're we're talking with chuck kincaid of redline detection uh today and uh, talking about smoke and the different uses and, and some of the things that redline does is they're the industry leader in, in terms of cutting edge uh, diagnostics and technology and we're happy to have chuck here with us today chuck when we were when we were breaking away we were getting into EVs and cooling system tubes, and then you brought up something about medium-duty trucks. What was that about? Yeah, just um, there's been a few instances of, uh, you know, some of these medium-duty, some of the medium-duty vehicles uh, or vehicles are kind of, you know, built, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of hand-built by third parties. If you look at some of these systems, there's, you know, a lot of fittings, a lot of lines running, you know, to, the, you know, the, the batteries are in the middle, the caps are in the front, Right. right. And so depending on the uh, situation you have, you know, there's just a lot of failure points and things inside of the battery. If you, if you do spring a leak uh, with coolant, that then you get, you know, the coolant fills up inside of the battery enclosure, um, you know, and that's, the, the, that's not a great uh, position to be in. <clears throat> that causes repair. You have to remove the battery. And how are you detecting the leaks or to know if there is a leak? If Are you, are you actually sniffing out coolant or you're able to do it using a different method how does that work yeah so that's interesting so you know usually with the if you think of a battery outside of the um 
a vehicle. So in BCLD, which is the, our battery and coolant leak detector, we, we have a function in there called pulse purge, and that allows you to pulse and purge out. And it's tuned to a certain frequency to get the coolant, as much coolant as you can, out of that line. And then usually they're either pressure tested, usually pressure tested under high pressure. Um, and by high pressure, I mean, you know, somewhere in the range between 15 PSI and, you know, I've seen 50, you know, PSI um, in test ranges. And, and we can go uh, and do more, even more than that uh, where needed. But, you know, you basically, you know, you run a pressure leak down test on that, and that's automated by BCLD. So that, that allows you to uh, check the integrity. And if you do have a leak and it fails the test, um, you know, you can then use, go right into the nano, our nano leak technology where we, uh, you know, we basically produce um, what we call a signature error on board that allows you to, you know, detect the leak locations electronically using a handheld uh, device. And so that we can go right from the test, say, fail the test right into looking for that leak location. So in, in some batteries where you have access to the enclosure, so you can have an open path to the enclosure, when you put the nano leak gas into the, uh, the coolant tubes, it leaks out into the enclosure, and then you can read that, um, you know, at the enclosure port. So, you know, at a safety valve or, or any kind of opening that you have in the enclosure. So you can basically verify that you have a leak in the system before you tear the battery apart to, to repair it. And I'm sure um, this is all going to become essential tooling for whether you're a, a mechanical shop or a body shop. Um, if you're working on EV batteries, you're going to need all this. Yeah, there's there's certainly um, it, it, there's uh, there's I would say evidence of that, and um, and some things that even even recently. So uh, that's definitely uh, you know every OE that we work with uh, requires testing of the enclosure in one form or another. Um, so there's you know if you go into service procedures you can find uh, you know these test procedures. Is is battery testing you know micro fissure crack testing and coolant tube testing? Uh, how can I ask this? I don't want to be I don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers, but you know my EV was in an accident and I take it to a body shop and they say you know yeah. hey hey Ron your car's all fixed it's all done and you know here it is it's it's all painted nice pretty. Am I within my right to say, hey, did you guys check the cooling tubes? Did you guys check the battery? Did you stress, you know, check it for cracks and so forth? Is, is, do you see the day where if it's not now, but, you know, there's going to be a certification requirement to know that they're giving the person back a fixed vehicle? <laughs> wow. Uh, well, Ron, I mean, I'll give you my opinion on it, but... Uh, I th first off, I think, uh, and again, my opinion is you should, I, you should always feel you're within your rights to ask questions about your, your vehicle re repair, right? Right. Um, and uh, so th that's an important aspect. Um, in collision, so the, you know, the overflow from dealer EV service work, right, is, you know, the, the kind of that first step is collision because, you know, you have vehicles, you know, even within warranty that get into, you know, accidents and whatnot. And in that industry, um, you know, certainly the, you know, the, the, the MSOs that, um, you know, out there that, uh, that care about, you know, doing, you know, proper service on EVs, ensuring, uh, you know, the safety of the vehicle, right. And all the, all the different aspects, you know, ensuring the enclosures are to specification, ensuring that the, you know, the, that you're following these, uh, service procedures, uh, you know, for testing and that type of thing. Or if you, if, you know, if you, if you go the, 
and do that, I think that's a, a that's that's very uh, advantageous to your customers and, and commendable. Right, but it's not a requirement yet. Well, it is a requirement in that in in some OEs there's there's required and and then there's recommended. Um, so and and everybody takes a little bit different standpoint. Um, it's certainly moving towards the required uh, across the board of the OEs that it's where it's required. Um, this is expected to to be performed, right. um, and 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 it, and, it, and, it, and unfortunately, it's hard to answer general questions about that. And I'm certainly not an expert in that, um, that industry, but uh, you know, it's it, it's situationally dependent, right? Yeah, um, I, and I guess so, part of it too is. You know, is the insurance company even aware of it? I'll tell you real quick in our closing minute that, you know, I recently had an experience working with an insurance adjuster about something. We started talking about EVs, and I mentioned red line detection. And, you know, do you do it? Do you allow that? He didn't know what I was talking about. He had no clue. And and I'm sure you talk to the insurance companies, right? It's... It's, it's just an ongoing thing. So, hey, listen, Chuck, you know what? You guys are doing a great job. You, you keep up the fight. Um, you know, you are you are cutting-edge technology with EV and mechanical and gas vehicles and all that you do. Real quick, the listeners, it's redlinedetection.com, correct? Yeah, redlinedetection.com, and you can find our product there and, um, and our services. Perfect. Chuck, you, you, you be well. You have a good rest of the weekend. I'm Ron Anini in The Car Doctor, and I'll return right after this. Don't go away. Ron's in the zone, the AutoZone studio, and he'll be back right after this. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. 
when I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to more than a movie as part of the My Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the AutoZone studio. Here's Ron. Welcome back, listeners. I, I want to talk to you about um, diagnostics and um, a particularly interesting case we had in the shop this week, a 2017 Ford Explorer with an airbag light on, and it was setting a fault code for the passenger side seatbelt pretensioner. Uh, pretensioner is part of the airbag system. It's, you know, the part that in the event of an airbag deployment, it provides tension. It, it tightens up the seatbelt so that you're not hurled for, forward um, as the airbag comes out and so forth. It's a pretensioner. It's, it's, it's part of the airbag uh, safety system. And this particular fault code was for an open circuit uh, regarding the wiring leading up to the passenger side seatbelt pretensioner. And I just want to talk about that for a second, if I can. Uh, you know, there's a difference between fault codes and sometimes knowing what they are or what they represent can obviously affect your diagnosis and and get you going in the right direction in this case it was a circuit fault you know whereas instead it could be a performance fault code or a performance failure so if you're dealing with a sensor uh, per se something that you know works on a zero to five volt range that operates over a scale you know you can have either a sensor fault which would be performance or a performance fault or a circuit fault here's the difference here's the way to know if it's a circuit fault and you end up clearing the code turn the key on when you turn the key on okay or in this way you can tell whether it is a circuit or, or a performance fault when you turn the key on without even starting the vehicle in the majority of cases, if it's a circuit fault, if there is something wrong with the electrical circuit, continuity, high resistance, uh, you know, there's just an incorrect voltage, a short circuit, you're going to get that code to come right back. The vehicle doesn't even have to be running in most cases. And it will tell you, hey, this is a circuit problem. And you're, you're at that point, you're dealing with connections, wiring, um, not likely a component. Um, could be, but it, it gives you a better idea, good, a good direction to go. If it's a performance fault, if it's an oxygen sensor and it talks about performance, um, you know, O2 sensor, uh, slow response time, something like that, then you're, you're dealing with a sensor's ability to perform and react and, you know, reach the numbers it has to reach in order to satisfy the onboard computer's programming. So this 17 Explorer came in and it had a fault, a, a circuit fault. And I sat down and I, st I looked at wiring for the pretensioner for the passenger side. I looked at bulletins. I did my usual, you know, due diligence dance. And there were some common issues with connector 339. Connector 339, um, part of circuit 106, is located under the passenger side seat. And, uh, you know, I went to 339. I found it under the passenger side seat. And lo and behold, there was a Kleenex box. Yep, there was a big Kleenex box, <coughs> excuse me, jammed up 
up against the connector. It had it had become dislodged from underneath the seat. Evidently, Ford's got a problem where they're not staying attached. And this tissue box jammed up against the connector, or the tissue box knocked it out of the holder. I'm not sure which, but it had been there for a while. There was a lot of junk on the floor and uh, makes the argument for keeping a clean car clean. And it it became, okay, as I looked at it, and it's in a god-awful spot. You know, it's under the, it's under the seat, so you, you have a hard, hard, hard time seeing it. We ended up pulling the seat out of the car. It was just easier, uh, much easier to work on and repair. Because if you looked at the yellow-red wire that was part of connector 339, you could actually see where it was down to its last strand, its last physical strand out of the 16 strands of wire that were inside this harness. Now, keep in mind, airbags, uh, uh, the majority of airbags work on resistance values. The, the resistance of the circuit on an airbag is so critical. It's one of the reasons that airbag connectors are gold-plated. The pins are, cold, are, are gold-plated. Connector 339, we were able to get, it was a WPT 1172 for Motorcraft as the connector. Um, we were able to get the replacement connector for this vehicle. And, you know, it, it came, it was gold-plated. It, it, you just couldn't use any, any old one particular um, connector. So, you know, we did the install. We soldered it in very nice and neat and clean. Um, I always have a concern soldering on airbag circuits, but they do allow it on this particular one. It was part of the instructions from Ford and, you know, sealed it up and got it working. But here's one of the ways I went about the diagnosis, and this is what I wanted to tell you, that when I had it narrowed down to, I said, you know, it's between here and here. Um, I unplugged connector 339, cleared the code, turned the key back off, unplugged it, code's cleared, unplugged the connector, turned the key on, it set the same fault. That connector was having no bearing on the circuit. You know, turned the key off, cleared the code, or I'm sorry, turned the key off, plugged the connector back in, turned the key on, cleared the code, turned it back off, code's gone, turned it back on, set the same fault code. That connector was having no bearing. So I set myself up. I looked at the wiring, and I couldn't see it right away. So I set myself up with a jumper lead. I jumpered across the yellow-red and the purple-white that were in connector 339 and fixed it. it. It wouldn't set the fault code. So I knew somewhere between this section of wire and this section of wire, I had a fault. Pulled the seat out of the car, turned it upside down, sat down with a magnifying glass and started looking at the at the wire as it ran. And I found the break where there was just one strand holding it. And I was able to obtain the correct connector, solder it in and repair it. And my point is that not all diagnosis is a parts replacement. It's, you know, it's a thinking person's game. You got to sit there and, you know, understand, understand the fault, understand the code. What are you chasing? You know, this was a circuit fault. This was a connectivity issue. This was a problem with how the circuit was operating, and I could prove it by, you know, doing the step of clear the code, turn the key on, the fault comes back right away, um, you know, without even running the vehicle. So um, just, just a tip, just be aware that, you know, and there's an awful lot of, well, there's more fault codes coming. I should say it like that. There are more fault codes coming uh, than ever before, than I think you've ever seen 
And, um, you know, some of them, we had an interesting one with a Toyota this week, a 19 Highlander um, P11EA, which talked about air fuel distribution between cylinders and imbalance of air fuel mixture. And we're still waiting to see where that one goes. It's, 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 it went to the dealer because it was under warranty. And we're waiting to see what the answer becomes there. Um, we may end up having to take a, a crack at it to fix it because they may not be able to or want to. That's a whole nother conversation. But um, diagnostic codes are interesting. They don't always mean a part replacement. They, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, in a lot of cases, it's wiring, it's connections, it's the abusive environment. In this case, it was the Kleenex box under the seat that cost this person quite a few dollars between diagnostic time and repair time. So keeping the car clean does pay off in the long run. So just something to be aware of. All right, let me pull over and take a pause. I'm Ron Anini in the car doctor. I'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cotto Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, listeners. Um, uh, just to back up a second, we were talking about diagnosing that 2017 Explorer. When I say I used a jumper, uh, going back here a minute, when I say I used a jumper around Connector 339, I did it in an area that I had very high confidence that I was going to replacing that section of harness. And 
what I use is either, um, I have two ways of, of piercing or probing wire so that you understand, so you're not just jabbing holes in a wiring harness. Um, I will either use an industry-approved probe, uh, which is, oh, from various places um, that provide a very small um, um, pin into, you know, through a, a guided piece of plastic, an actual wire tap. It's designed to do that, to tap into the meter. Or in some cases, we will use, go down to your local sewing store and get what we used to call T-pins. It's what they use to hem a skirt or a pant length, you know, a length of pants. Um, it's just a T-shaped pin. Um, they provide a very fine point and a great place to grab with your, um, you know, meters, um, uh, clips. So, uh, you know, but we are very careful when it comes to wiring harness. And if you do puncture a harness and you're not repairing that section of it, um, uh, you should seal it. Um, we still use to this day, clear nail polish, uh, clear nail polish works well. There's a couple other things we can do that we will use, but you want to make sure that you don't leave a wiring harness open so that corrosion doesn't get in there and, um, you know, create a problem two years from now when you least expect it. So, uh, just, just be aware. Um, Got a letter today from Dr. McCann, Richard McCann over in England. Um, hello, Ron. Good to hear that you guys are still at the gym and keeping fit and well. Uh, particularly interesting comments from this past weekend about spares, spare parts I imagine he's talking about, we were talking about. I was amazed recently how hard it was to find a new brake booster for my friend's 1990s Ford. Finally got one in a breaker's yard. I guess that's a scrap yard there, which involved an unpleasant half hour with my head in the footwell full of broken glass with pedals kicking me in the face while I was removing the securing nuts. As you often say, trying to get computer parts for a modern car in 10 years' time, it'll be interesting to see how that works for us. On the other hand, following up on a great point you made, parts for 70s and 80s cars can be great. Because they are. It's easier to get parts for older mechanical vehicles. You know, there's no electronics involved. He goes on to say, I can buy a whole MGB, or I can build a whole MGB from new parts if I want to. I recently bought a new water pump, thermostat, housing, hoses, gaskets, and belts all for 100 bucks the other day including next day delivery uh, charge and an MG tail lamp for six bucks. That's right. $6. One of my son's moderns VW uh, tail lamps is more like $200. You know, it's interesting. And when I replied to him, I'll tell you what I said. I was talking about, it's funny how older cars, which are less in supply, obviously um, it, it seems that the parts for them are getting cheaper and the parts for the cars that there are more of, are getting more expensive. And you would think if they're producing more, like new parts, they're producing parts for new, you would think supply and demand, um, it would be able to drive down the price, which makes the whole argument about electric vehicle batteries getting cheaper as they become more proficient. Um, it kind of makes you scratch your head like, will that really happen? Incidentally, any listeners, I had to get that in there. Incidentally, any listeners with old European cars might find it useful to know that the same parts were used on a massive variety of cars. So if you can't find a part for, say, a Triumph, get a part number, and you'll probably find that it's also used on anything from a Jaguar to a Land Rover, Aston Martin, in one case from last month, also a Maserati, a Jensen, and Lamborghini. The only difference will be the price. I just bought a door mirror for a British exotic that was quoted 600 The part number corresponded to a 70 Mercedes, which I bought for $90. Keep well and uh, happy Christmas and peaceful 2024 to you and the car doctor family, Richard. Um, you know, it will be interesting finding parts four cars uh, going forward. And will that be the turning stone? We had a 2002 Cadillac STS in the shop this past week. Um, it came in for a diagnosis of a jingling noise. 
And I went over the car, and it was really obvious. It was a really hardcore jingling noise. You'd hear it going down the road. It just sounded terrible, like it was falling apart. And one of the cradle bolts, there are four cradle bolts in the rear of the engine-to-body cradle. It holds the engine and the trans in on the front sub-cradle there, you know, too, on this uh, Cadillac Seville STS. And the one of the rear cradle bolts had actually come loose. Um, it was about eh, a good three turns out. Uh, you know, and you didn't realize it until you looked up and you saw that the bolt head was sticking out further than the other one. And you you tapped the retainer, as GM calls it, which is the big washer that goes underneath the mount. And it, it jingled. So I, you know, we, we tightened it up and, uh, you know, that solved that problem. When I looked at the other side, the bolt that would have been on the other side, on the driver's side, was completely gone. It wasn't even in the car. 40,000-mile um, car, 41,000-mile car. Nice car. But I went to buy a replacement bolt and a replacement retainer. The bolt is still available. It's about 20 bucks. The retainer is 32 but I had to buy a package of five. And manufacturers do that sometimes. So um, I sent the customer off on a, uh, you know, I don't know, wild goose chase. Let's see what he comes up with. I think I think he's found it. But, um, you know, it's you're going to have to be a little creative if you want to keep the older cars on the road. It's interesting. So 855-560-9900 is the phone number. Let me do that again. 855-560-9900 is the phone number. If you want to talk to us, uh, call, leave a message. We'll get back to you for next week's show. I'm Ron Annie in the car, Doctor. I'll, uh, I'll be back right after this to finish things up. Don't go away. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. 
Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. Hey, did you, um, I just want to cover this real quick. Did anybody see in the news this week that the governor of Connecticut has withdrawn his legislative proposal to mandate all electric vehicles in the state of Connecticut by 2035? Yep. He um, has decided to separate Connecticut at this time from following California's lead. They mentioned that Connecticut is on track or was on track to mirror the state of California's emission requirements for vehicles and the electric vehicle program and several of the other things. And he's pulled back from it because he keeps hearing from legislators on both sides of the um, house in Connecticut, uh, Democrat and Republican alike. That is going to be too much of a hardship for middle-class and working-class families as the article pointed out. So um, that is on hold. It's not going to happen the way the way everybody's been saying. And I think you're going to see other states crumble too. You're going to see the dominoes start to fall. And, um, you know, all the things we've been talking about and saying here, uh, you know, with regard to infrastructure and, you know, the way they're going to charge and the cost and the availability and the practicality and everything we've been talking about. So um, just, you know, just be aware. I I was a little disappointed. It was on a a few of the news websites, I think midweek Tuesday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, this past week, and they were gone within a 24-hour news cycle. So I thought it was pretty big news, but evidently the news news media did not because they got rid of the uh, the story seemed to go away very quickly. But, um, you know, uh, thank God Connecticut's coming to their senses. Let's see if maybe New Jersey or some of the other states can follow suit as well. I'm Ron Anini in The Car Doctor. Thanks for stopping by, and uh, it was a great team and talking to all of you today. Remember, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the my cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.